Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. You level your reality cannon at this thing, flip the dial to the most destructive setting, and I think you just like punch a hole clean through the corner of it, and you have successfully uh, turned off this portal. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot, while you were gone, Miper reached out to us, and, and they want to sponsor us. Like, for realsies, we have our chance to really kick things off, and I don't know that we are gravity be the same without you. It's at Drow. All of all the bugs, it's, it's because of Drow. We, we have to get to the Drow facility. Chester seemed... Uh, very concerned about the Y2K bug. Maybe Nick gave him like uh, an up- upgrade or an update on a floppy disk and Chester like duct taped it to the back of the armor or something. <laughs> <laughs> Angus, you like, I don't know where you're staying right now because I know you're, you're still not going home, but if there was ever a night to, to spend the night. Might be, might be tonight. And so he kind of just like looks down and, and looks like he's thinking for money. He's like, I, I think. Nick, everywhere is in harm's way right now. If I can't be safe, I might as well be useful. Let me help. You just peeled back the bat? (laughs) (laughs) What? I just peeled back the bat, baby. What? (laughs) (laughs) But in that moment, you all hear a sound coming through that ring, and you gaze into the malice and hunger-filled eyes of the Ginorpian. It's a ginormous scorpion. Welcome back to Quantum Kickflip, a slug blaster actual play podcast. My name is Robin. I am your host, and with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world. Uh, We're going to get them to introduce themselves right now. You guys are in, well, a bunch of you anyway, are in like a a science lab facility right now in the campaign. Uh, So I want to know, out of your characters, how well do they do at their school science fair, like best to worst? (laughs) So I think Chester won a gold medal (laughs) at at, at a science competition because, like, this is back in Philadelphia, mind you. Uh, And uh, he did a great- (laughs) Standards are much lower. It's different. Uh, It was a physics test, and it was just uh, just a series of body checks using different kind of skates- and equipment oh and all that kind of stuff. And he was just bodying them over the, the, across different kinds of boards. Could you smash them through boards? It was uh, very uh, uh, fun uh, for the judges because it was just like, that was awesome. And uh, technically it was a science fair, but uh, it, it, it worked way different down there. And you know, <laughs> that's, that's why his grades aren't so great up here. No, I love it. This is why I went with science fair, because like, I feel like if it's just grades, we kind of have an idea of where everyone's at. But science fair is a bit of a wild, like you can you can have overall <laughs> not great academics and and bring it at the science fair. So I love that Chester is, is did, that archetype. Did, did oh, Dave wait. say his name? No, I didn't say anything else. I just went right into the bit. My name is David Ray. I'm playing Chester Capone. Uh, he is the Grits playbook, thus why a, a tough guy approach would uh, work well with him. Uh, and beautiful, he, beautiful. he's ready to go uh, with his powered armor. 
I am me, Michael Vetch. I'm here playing Nick Lowe, the Smarts Playbook, the anime-loving, sword-wielding adventure boy. And I think he'd... I, like, I think what he would bring to a science fair would be very impressive, but really bridge a little more into science fiction than science fact, and the people at the <laughs> fair wouldn't know how to, how to handle it. <laughs> very good. Hello, my name is Lena Anderson, and I am playing Angus Franklin. Uh, he is the Guts playbook with the Skip Mode Runners. The Skip Mode Runners, um, as a matter of fact, I had always pictured being uh, the product of a science uh, convention or event that he did. I think he's really, really good with, you know, circuitry, putting, like, machines together kind of thing like and that's in his playbook too that he's always had a knack for tinkering with electronics so i actually think that science might be one of angus's better subjects in school unless it's bio and then get out of here with that anyway (laughs) hey i am uh liam i play uh lake marsden Uh, she's the hearts playbook she wields the reality cannon uh, half of her body is uh, glitched out when the reality cannon backfired, uh, and I think she did uh, uh, would have done much better on her science fair project. Um, she just sort of talked about how nega friction works and like some of the recent discoveries that go into powering something like the reality cannon. But the whole thing was really just a front uh, to kind of finally let everyone in class who wanted to touch her arm. <laughs> um, people ask all the time and she's like no and she's like it is the one time um but realizing what a what a attraction this would be she she did charge for it uh a dollar a dollar an arm touch um and that that <laughs> lost her some points with the uh, the judging faculty because uh, it had they, they, the notes were uh, too much kissing booth energy so <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Glenna Showalter. Uh, I play Elliot Buchanan. She's the chill playbook. She has the Voidware backpack, which she uh, stores a bunch of stuff in, including her guitar. And I think she just, like, hooked up her guitar and played music and was like, sound is physics. And they were like, that doesn't count, Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) It's the equivalent of, like, the Volcano Project, where it's like, okay, but what are you you proving here? Like, what what hypothesis are you exploring? Volcanoes are rad. Volcanoes are physics. It's written on the poster board. <laughs> uh, and as I mentioned already, my name is Robin, and uh, my favorite science fair project I ever did was figuring out which type of sled or toboggan goes the fastest down the hill. Um, that's not a bit, it's just a thing I really did. Yeah. Plastic pelican <laughs> toboggans are, are the scientifically proven to be the best. Uh, I still like saucers, though. Anyway, how's it going, everybody? When we last left you, you were in some pretty hot water um, after, you know, the the 1999 rolling over to 2000 New Year's countdown happened. There was a big blackout. A bunch of monsters showed up. Um, you guys were trying to figure out the source of it all. So a bunch of you were at the gravel pits uh, where some giant slugs were making trouble and a bunch of your pals were there and you fought a bat king successfully, I might add, uh, where meanwhile the rest of you had traced the source of this all back to the drow facility uh, and were currently in that uh, in the upper floor of, of drow labs. Uh, trying to reverse this process and and stop these monsters from coming through. And I think that's exactly where we're going to cut back to. Uh, So yeah, are we ready to play some Slug Blaster? Let's go! Sweet, and I transport you now to Drow Labs. (laughs) 
Raygun blasts illuminate clouds of steam in bright fluorescent hues, and the clanging sound of boots on metal echoes out, mixing with the wail of a klaxon alarm and the hum and whoosh of hoverboards to create an incomprehensible din. Rescue agents scramble this way and that, trying to make sense of just how many teens have infiltrated their facility as multicolored copies of Lake and Camry Marsden careen past, ramping up walls and grinding on rails, causing general pandemonium. Meanwhile, lab-coded scientists dash from console to console, trying to make sense of what's going on, and in amongst them, Nick Lowe and Juniper Jenkins have taken over one of the computer stations, trying their best to remain undetected. Suddenly, one of the copies of Lake cries out as a massive tail comes flying out of the portal gate in the center of the room, directly towards her. She veers out of the way just in time, only to find herself directly between two enormous serrated pincers with nowhere left to run. The copy of Lake cowers, bracing for the end. But when she looks up, the claw has stopped, frozen in place by some unseen force. Her gaze follows a shimmering beam back to the entrance of the room, where Jason of Subsonic Sentinel stands, his gravity beam locked on the pincer, keeping it at bay. He is flanked by the rest of his crew, along with Devani Chala, Elliot Buchanan, Chester Capone, and Angus Franklin. They each survey the chaos before them, before drawing their own weapons and jumping into the fray. Alright, so we're in Drow Labs, and it's chaos. There's a ginorpion, a ginormous scorpion. It can't fit through the gate, but, but parts of it are sure causing some trouble. So just because it's been a while since our last episode, I want to remind you guys and the listeners kind of the environment we're dealing with here. Uh, big circular chamber with computer consoles all along the outer walls. There's a raised platform in the center with a big uh, round portal gate, uh, which the Ginorpion is currently reaching through uh, from some other dimension. There is a big satellite dish antenna style thing up on the top of the portal gate, uh, pointing up at a panel of roof that is currently closed, uh, but seems like it would roll away. There is also a big gash in the floor where the Ginorpian has, has clawed it and peeled it up, which is creating an enticing-looking ramp. We've also got some <laughs> rescue agents and some scientists <laughs> running around, and, uh, and that's kind of the situation you find yourselves in. What do you do? Uh, okay, so I we see one pincer coming through. Are there two like two pincers as well as the tail? Uh, just to be clear. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a gigantic. Uh, sorry, ginormous scorpion. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I would say that it is almost hard to tell when you first arrive what you're looking at because it is literally it's too big to fit through this gate. So you're seeing glimpses. You're seeing scuttling legs. You're seeing one pincer at a time, occasionally a tail. You're, you're never getting a view on the entire thing. Um, but I'll give you, you have that receptive ability. I'll give you that you've clocked that there are two pincers going on. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so because Lake and Nick and company got here first, and, and we've, we've sort of caused this pandemonium, we're causing this distraction, uh, I think Lake does clock uh, Kabir and the uh, Jason and the gravity beam that the crew has shown up, that they're jumping into the fray. I think right off the hop then I want to use uh, Pep Talk to refill our hype dice. So she she does like a whistle. I can't do it, but that thing you put two fingers in your mouth and go, whoop, whoop. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, even if people hear it, I ju she just yells, cover Nick! And then gestures to, to where Nick is. Um Hopefully that's not too specific for any drow agents that might be uh, in earshot. Yeah, they don't know who Nick is. Yeah, they don't know who Nick is or what they're why you'd cover him. Um, but she she uh, makes it clear that that's sort of where, why there are multiple copies of Lake, and maybe it gets echoed like she does it, and then the other ones like one, two, three do it like an echo. Uh, but yeah, I'm just gonna use pep talk right off the hop to both clear hype dice and let them know what we're doing here. 
Beautiful. And to be clear, I think uh, the larger goal here is you're you're trying to stop the process that has happened. The, the, the antenna in the center of the room is the draft facility's trans-dimensional agitator, uh, which has malfunctioned and is opening all of the portal zones in Hillview at once, allowing all these monsters to cross through at various points around the town. Uh, and you guys are essentially trying to uh, shut that down. Um, so I'm going to get a progress track going, which is literally shut it down. And and to be clear, like all of you can make offers uh, of of any sort, whether it's to do with the the rescue agents or the the Ginorpian, It's all working towards the same goal of shutting this thing down. Um, so don't don't feel like you have to have like a computer related offer to mark that track. Uh, it's all <laughs> it's all teamwork, baby. I also see the main threat here being that there is this giant monster smashing things up, and that if it continues to do so, eventually it's going to smash something important or relevant to this process that will make shutting it all down impossible because you you can't uh can't reverse the process if you don't have a computer to do that with because they've all been smashed so i think we're gonna get a, a threat clock going on here which is just too late uh and if that uh progress track fills it will be too late to do Sick. anything uh so upon hearing lake uh you know cover nick I think that's where Chester kind of realized, okay, I got, I have my, my force field uh, generator and I skate over to Nick and I see Juniper there and I kind of like post up uh, by them and I'm getting in in a defensive position ready to send up my uh, force field. And I I see that Juniper's there, like actually engaged with this whole operation. Like normally she would stay behind and like... Oh yeah, she is frantically typing on the keyboard right now and like Nick's kind of watching over her shoulder, but she's sort of taking point at the moment. Don't worry about it. I got you guys. Uh, And and I, I take a moment, like that split second to like look at Juniper and you can do it. I've got you. And I turn back and I, and I, as best as I can, I have a softball ready to go to back anything away at a distance. If something comes in close, I'm going to send up the shield and try to like punch it. But I'm trying to to be in a a defensive position to block those two. Absolutely. I love it. How big is the dish? Uh, dish sized. (laughs) Um... Let's say like like bigger than the type of satellite dish that like you'd have on your house to get a weird alternative to cable TV, but not so big that it would be like, you know, on the outskirts of the city trying to contact alien life somewhere in between <laughs> those two. Sure. I, I want to mention that I'm pretty sure Devani still has my ray gun. Yes, that's true. We've established that. Yeah. So I'm going to be working without it for a little bit. So I think what I want to do is take this very enticing claw mark ramp and ramp myself up to the dish. Oh, beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get a roll for that, but let's get everyone's offers on the table first. Yeah, I have a ray gun. I can sh- I can shoot that at Ginorpian. Sweet. I think while Juniper's mainly been manning the keyboard, Nick might have like pried away a panel and he's looking at like more of the interior works of this to see if there are any other things that he can try and override uh, mechanically within the system. Um I guess that's just kind of flavor that's not really an action, but... <laughs> no, but I think we should get a roll on behalf of, like, how how well is that hacking going? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it makes sense for you to roll that on behalf of sort of your and Juniper's combined efforts. Sure. So let's get some rolls here. 
Uh, and I'm gonna go by the uh, the old snake rule and say, let's, let's uh, hear from Angus first. Heck yeah. Alrighty, so I am ramping up on my hoverboard. I think I'm just gonna add a die from my guts for now. And I'm doing a cool ramp off of a, a, a cool jump off of a makeshift ramp, so I'm gonna try to look cool. Here we go. I rolled a five. Mixed success. Nice. Um, so that is going to mark both of our tracks as it is uh, a, a mixed success. Describe to me the successful aspect of this of you uh, taking the sick jump. I, I'm picturing that it's sort of a, a straight shot, so he just kind of shoots forward on his hoverboard and goes in a, a high arc off of the ramp, maybe narrowly uh, skimming over a claw of the Ginorpian, uh, and he does a little kickflip. Beautiful, yeah. And I think you're able to to make it up to where you're trying to go. You you grab onto the edge of that dish and sort of catch yourself because it's not. I don't think it's designed to have a person up on the top of the of the gate where you are currently. Like there's not not necessarily a platform there, but you're able to sort of grab it with one hand um, and and stop yourself uh, and sort of clamber up onto it. For your complication that arises on account of it being a mixed success, I think that. Yeah, you do, as you're taking that jump, you go right over top of one of the pincers, maybe even like do the thing where the, the tail end of your board sort of skims along the top of the claw and sends off some sparks. But I think as a result of that, this thing has sort of clocked that there, you know, it, it, it felt that. Um, and this pincer sort of starts, like it, it can't see you because it's on the other side of a portal gate and can't mm -hmm. fit through. But I think it starts reaching up towards the top where it, it sort of felt you moving uh, and is just sort of snapping in your general vicinity and you are being threatened by this claw, um, which may complicate whatever it is you're trying to do up here. <laughs> scary. Let's get a roll from Elliot. Yeah, uh, so Elliot draws her uh, photon pistol and takes aim. That's a five. Mixed success once again. So I think, yeah, you uh, you get your shot off. Um, feel free to, to paint the scene there. What does it look like as Elliot fires? Uh, I think it's a, a very like crackly yellow Ooh. kind of color. I don't know if we've seen you fire your ray gun before now that I, now that I think I'm about it. I'm not entirely sure if we have, and if we have, I forgot. <laughs> So this crackly yellow bolt goes out and, and illuminates the uh, the cloud of steam and illuminates Elliot and, and, and creates a, a cool shadow in behind. I think Devani sees this all play out and is just like uh, smitten all over again <laughs> as you just like level your ray gun like a cool badass um, and get the shot off, which is uh, going to mark the progress track in your favor. Um, but similar to Angus here, I think the complication that arises is that... Um, that this thing takes notice of you. And I think there is, well, while the pincer is engaged with Angus, I think this uh, tail comes uh, lightning fast towards you. Um, and we're actually gonna dole out a slam here, which is, uh, stabbed feels brutal. Um, what's, what's stung? Stung. Stung, yeah, absolutely. Let's go with stung. Don't wanna go with scorpionized? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we'll keep of, it for because now. of an ability that I picked up from the grit, I have walk it off, mm -hmm. which means I can mark one style every time I take a slam. Oh, beautiful. Mark that style. Yeah, and I think it's kind of thing. This stinger is like bigger than you. So like it's not a direct hit. It's, it doesn't impale you, but it, it catches you on an arm kind of thing. Let's get a roll from Nick. 
Sure. Um... Juniper's, again, frantically typing on the keyboard, uh, like in a uh, bad TV procedural where they just like, there's no possible way that she could be typing anything comprehensible at that <laughs> speed. But but it doesn't matter because it's dramatic and it looks cool. Hmm? I'm going to roll this with 1d6. We're just going to see how this happened. We're just going to see how this... It, it, it happened nicely. Oh, it, it a six, baby. Oh, boy. I was about to chastise you for leaving such an important roll up to one oh, one yeah. die, but mm-hmm. apparently that's all you needed. <laughs> yeah, so so what does Nick find? He pulls away this panel, uh, opens it up underneath. Um, there's there's wires hanging down. Uh, there's there's circuitry. There's I, I know stuff about <laughs> machines. Uh, there's a battery problem. Uh, <laughs> what, what does Nick do once he gets in, into the guts of this thing? Uh, I think he's looking for any sort of uh, port where he may be able to upload files or, or install, like, to, to be able to connect into the system externally, whether it's maybe they're connecting up a phone or he has some other sort of rig he can hook into the system. He, he just wants to be able to see if they can get any access other than through text commands. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I think uh, you, you kind of have to dig past uh, some some wiring and stuff, but you, you are able to find uh, an interface. Maybe it's the kind of thing where it's like, there is a, a a panel that would be an interface, but it's locked off, but you were able to go in through the back and sort of uh, find <laughs> your way to it. Because it seems weird that that would be um, in behind everything, but but maybe you've uh, you've taken the long way around to find it. What you find there, unfortunately, there isn't like, um, what would be the current 90s tech? Did they have USB ports at the time? Um, there isn't a, a CD-ROM drive. Uh, there isn't a uh, one of those ports with like the a bunch of pins and you have to like screw it in (laughs) on either side like you know old monitors with the screws uh nothing nothing modern and and slick like that but you do find a disk drive like a floppy disk drive which you know even in 1999 seems a little bit quaint to you (laughs) at that at that point but but that's what you're working with uh and that'll mark your progress track because you are one step closer to shutting this thing down had that gone poorly, that might have been Chester's time to jump in with the force field generator. But with a complete success, I think I want to throw it back over to Lake. You and Camry have been causing this distraction. You gave the crew a pep talk and kind of focused their energies. Um, but now that you've uh, laid out the plan, what is Lake doing to keep up this distraction? Yeah, I think she... Because, yeah, we don't want these... <laughs> we know these drow guys doing their job. Um <laughs> Well, their job, I mean, the scientists seem befuddled, but the rescue agents, their job is literally to apprehend you. Um, so that Fair. is what they are scrambling can, to do. Can Nick pitch something to Lake? Yes. Absolutely. I think perhaps in, in being right up at the, the systems, he's noticing, like, everything under there is really running hot with all this all this activity in the portal gate. And even on the monitors that he's glimpsing up while, while Juniper's working, stuff seems to be pretty overwhelmed. And I think Nick's going to yell... We need to get that thing through the portal. It's causing too much trans-dimensional interference. Uh, Lake, can you shrink it down? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you're suggesting we get it through the portal, Nick, but we could also just get it to, to, to fuck off. Um, I just kind of want to free up the portal. I had, I had ideas for a free portal. Great. But... <laughs> then uh, I think uh, I think she's just going to give this thing a blast. I know we do a lot of talking about it, but I think she's just going to try to like get this thing to, to shoo away. Um, yeah, beautiful. So let me know what you're rolling and, and what you're adding to it uh, and how it's looking. Yeah, I'm going to take one of the dice from the recently freed up hype pool. 
Uh, I'm gonna hold on to my last turbo die personally then and just roll 2d6 about it. Here we go. Five was the highest. That is yet another mixed success. Let, you know, fires her reality cannon. Um, it's it's just, a, I actually don't fire it uh, aggressively very often, the uh, permanent destructive blast. Um, and I think she's gonna just just for the for the moment gonna give it kind of like a firework aesthetic as she fires it. She sort of like blasts this thing with fireworks because it's New Year's. Oh, beautiful! Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think you hit this thing square in the pincer, um, and it sort of like goes from like very very snappy and fast to like the the one the bottom claw sort of gets a little bit loose like it, it looks like it's kind of flopping around a little bit and you don't like blast it in half but it like it looks like it doesn't have quite the same dexterity as it once did you, you sort of uh pummeled its claw in a way that, that it, it definitely felt you hear a shriek echo out from the other side of the portal oh sick that that sounds horrifying <laughs> <laughs> scorpion screams from another dimension yeah <laughs> once again we have a mixed success here um and i think rather than doling out yet another uh monster attack um, your complication comes in the form of the rescue agents that are currently running all over the place here. I think that with all of these copies of you and Camry skating this way and that and ramping off of rails, they've had a hard time settling on a target because it's just like every time they, they choose one, another one goes whipping by. But you leveling your cannon and firing off this fireworks blast has, has inadvertently created sort of a beacon for them to all hone in on. Uh, and they, they have surrounded you and I'm actually I'm gonna use the less physical form of the slam here uh, and say that you're uh, going to have a slam box filled here with caught um, one of them gets a hand on you and sort of uh, grabs you you're not like thrown in a cell or anything but you are currently grappled I guess is the is the D &D <laughs> um, but we'll go with caught in your slam box love it she like she's like <laughs> the gun comes down there's like smoke coming off and she's feeling pretty cool uh, and then feels a hand on her shoulder uh, and then another <laughs> hand around her like arm and she's like yeah ah huh? oh, fudge and you look up and the rescue agent that's got you there you look into his face and you don't recognize it because it's not always going to be that same rescue agent every time that would be unrealistic <laughs> it's just like a random guy that you haven't met you never met him in your life uh, <laughs> oh cool uh, oh. Chester so. Like, uh, Lake just kind of hit the pincer. Would it be possible that, say, maybe the pincer kind of was knocked off to the side and, like, to a certain degree, uh, the ginorpian is a little bit open? Uh, yeah. You tell me what you're trying to do, and I'll tell you what you need to do to get it done. So, I, I for in my brain, as I see this room, uh, uh, like the computer that they're working at, there's, like, a, maybe a railing. Uh, that leads uh, that that's just kind of like in the middle of the room before you kind of like go into the uh, center of the room where the the ginorpian is. I launch myself over that. I start skating. I go up that ramp of the like carved up uh, floor, and uh, I launch myself into the air. And then I do a forward flip. And as I'm flipping around, I uh, engage my m mobility boosters, which normally like makes me go faster. And instead, I'm going to kind of use it as, uh, to kick this uh, ginorpian further back uh, out the portal. You know, just doing a swanton bomb uh, like the Hardys uh, <laughs> always do, and 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 try to like uh, try to push uh, him back. Get a hit in there, absolutely. Now, keep in mind, this thing is like massive building size huge so i i what part of it are you connecting with to try and push it here 
this is where like I'm hoping to go for the core. Like I'm hoping like right I in the know. sort of abdomen. The abdomen, uh, maybe even the face. Like it depends if that's kind of coming through. I'm hoping to. Get oh it yeah, like that. it's the face for sure. Absolutely. So I am running out of dye to use, but I'm uh, hoping my diligent maintenance will give me an extra dice. Uh, and uh, because I'm kind of like leaving myself uh, extra vulnerable, I'm actually going to use the boost from my grit to try to like get a better result out of this, hopefully. Oh, the kick there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the, the kick on your grit playbook. I was about to say like straight up, this thing is you're, you're fist fighting a kaiju here. If you, <laughs> you want to make any impact or whatsoever, this is going to need a kick. But you, you've got one to spare, so that's perfect. And, and can I borrow one from the hype pool from the group? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Okay. With three, D6, a four, and a five, and a six. There it is. Baby. That's going to mark two spots on this progress track as somehow, impossibly, <laughs> Chester... <laughs> Fist fights a kaiju. Yeah, you launch yourself up off of this ramp. I think what it is is you you try to jump off of this piece of grating and engage your boosters to sort of fire you forward, Iron Man style rocket boots. That isn't exactly what happens here. Your uh, armor has been acting up due to its uh, Y2K glitching. So rather than firing you forward, it it fires the wrong direction and pushes you back down, uh, pushes you towards the ground. However, the way that this grating is sort of wrenched up and curled up, it creates a weird like springboard launch pad, which uh, you firing down into it creates a bunch of potential energy and it launches you forward uh, like a weird diving board <laughs> uh, and fires you straight at this thing. Uh, and it's at that point that your rockets finally kick in and send you the rest of the way. Uh, and with the combined energy of your armor and the tension on this grating uh, and just sheer luck, you punch this thing directly in the face uh, and manage to push it back. I'm, I'm going to say it, it still doesn't move a ton, but you, where it was sort of reaching and clambering through, you manage to shove it back far enough that it is fully on the other side of the portal at least for the moment. And that's that's a pretty huge accomplishment for one kid in a set of uh, homemade power armor. Mm. Stolen power armor, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so to check in with our progress track, we were trying to clear shut it down. We have cleared shut and it, all that's left is down. However, there is also your threat clock, which was too late. You have crossed out the word too late is all that's left. Angus, you're up on top of the portal gate at the satellite dish there. You were being threatened by this claw that was snapping up there, but I guess Chester, with that uh, with that offer, with that extra kick and that complete success, has, has uh, removed that threat for you. Um, so what do you do now that you're not being actively threatened by this claw? Now that Angus is up on the dish, I think he, he sort of realizes with, like, the closed roof and stuff that while the portal is active, the dish, the agitator itself isn't at the moment. Yeah, it appears to be the kind of thing that it, like... It, it must, you know, activate the portals and then deactivate them as separate blasts because it is not currently, the, you know, the roof is shut. It's not currently firing, but those portals are, are clearly still open. Um, so maybe they tried to shut it down by closing the roof on it and, and it just wasn't quite enough. Who's to say? Who indeed. Um, so all of his uh, destructive impulses have therefore been negated, uh, <laughs> which frees him up to notice the rescue agents. Mm -hmm. So uh, he calls out, hey, assholes, mm -hmm. 
And then I want to teleport down, smack one upside the head, and huh. teleport back to the gate. <laughs> or to the dish. <laughs> to the dish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. is a very Angus maneuver. Absolutely do that. Tell me what you're adding and let's get that roll. I'm not going to add anything to it because uh, as he does, as he smacks the rescue agent upside the head, he flips them all the middle finger. Hey. Oh, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, I, you you use that ability, which grants you a complete success. So you you zip down, smack them, draw all their attention away from like affording her the opportunity to slip away um, and maybe <laughs> scramble into a uh, crowd of her own copies. Um, oh, sick. So I'm not I'm not caught anymore. Yeah, no, with that unequivocal success oh, and that middle gee. finger, that, that frees you up. We clear that slam. <laughs> Incredible. We've marked your progress track, and Angus, you're back up on the dish, safe and sound. As she scrambles away, she looks up on the dish. There's, like, weird, you know, fourth-dimensional light shining up at Angus. He's yeah. standing on the top of a Stargate-looking <laughs> ring. Um, his hair's blowing in the in the cosmic wind, and she just, like... It's not a cartoon, so she doesn't literally have eyes that turn into to hearts, but her eye just, like, uh, gives that facial expression, just like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's be fair. It's occasionally a cartoon, but sure. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, ducks and hides, and, and her end and three of those other late copies are, like, behind a, pa- a computer panel catching their breath. Love it. So to recap, um, Juniper's typing away on this console, trying to find a way to uh, to reverse this process and close these portals. Uh, Nick has been messing with the hardware. He's found a disk drive. He's found an interface. Chester has pushed this Ginorpian back through the gate. It is massive and undeterred and will probably be back with a vengeance, but it is, at least for the time being, on the far side of the portal. Angus up top on this dish. He's been teleporting down to cause mayhem and back up uh, like a like a little imp uh, little <laughs> imp that he is um and lake and camry still causing chaos and and confusion amongst the rescue agents leading them this way and that and effectively distracting them so that they don't apprehend nick and juniper uh and elliot i think the last thing that happened was that she fired off a cool shot like a badass and then got stung um <laughs> Elliot, I think we mentioned earlier uh, that Devani saw that play out. I think Devani runs over to you with Angus's negare drawn and is like, "So this is this is what you do all day. This is this is uh, this is what you guys get up to." Yeah, uh, it's. Um... I hate it. I hate it. It's it's bad. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you, babe. I hate it. That's fair. It does kind of suck, but like in a cool way. In a very cool way. And I think, yeah, the more rescue agents go running past and she, she spins around with the, the ray gun, but turns back and, and is just like constantly looking over her shoulder and is like, I feel like we're going to get arrested or, or stabbed or any number of things at any moment here. So uh, uh, happy new year to us, I guess. <laughs> happy new year. She gives her a little kiss because this is an action movie, Aww. isn't it? You can kiss in the middle of the destruction. <laughs> Absolutely, you can. Anyway, we got three letters left here to take this thing home. Who's got to play? Juniper, I think I have a way that we can we can we can access the the programming and reupdate the system. I just, oh jeez, I don't have any of my files here. I, I I didn't bring a computer to the party or anything. Juniper kind of gives you a glance and and shrugs helplessly and continues to type and try and find something some way in here. Uh, but I think it's at that moment that Nick, you you glance over. 
uh, and notice Chester, who's who's standing facing away from you. He's facing towards the portal gate, towards the Gynarpian that he just the the Gynarpian that he just kicked in the face. But he's standing there, staring it down, daring it to come back through and and try him a second time. You notice on the back of his armor a familiar-looking floppy disk stuck there with a piece of duct tape, um, and and you recognize it immediately as the one that you gave to him with the drivers and updates uh, to make his uh, armor Y2K friendly. Uh, through gritted teeth, Nick just says, He told me he integrated it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess I'm going to need to make a play to try and get this floppy disk. <laughs> yeah, or... or I, You could just tell Chester. me. <laughs> One way or another, you got to get this thing, yeah. Yes, I think no matter how you want to accomplish this, we are going to need a roll for it. Whether it's you going to Chester or Chester going to you, there's too many, you know, stray ray gun blasts and rescue agents and and whatnot in in between the two of you to uh, not require a roll here. Chester, yeah, I look over my shoulder. I need you to, <laughs> <laughs> Chester. I need you to uninstall that update I gave you. Get it to Juniper. I need to blow the lid on this can. Of course. Uh, I, and I try to move, but my armor is essentially useless. I think it like freezes like it's actually frozen up now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh no. Uh, uh, and I try to, I disengage it to a point that I get out of the armor. And I turn around and I go around to the backside of the armor I pull the disc off the the back of the armor, pull off the tape, and then what I'm going to try to do is just like kind of like frisbee throw this floppy disc. Oh my god! <laughs> like it's a playing card. Uh, it's a frisbee. <laughs> it's a frisbee. It's a tiny frisbee. Because here's the thing, uh, folks. I am out of all extra die <laughs> as, a, as an individual. So you might as well take it off. Might as well throw the MacGuffin. <laughs> and uh, so I can make sure I get this disc over to Nick. I'm going to uh, once again use another hype die <laughs> if I can. Mm-hmm. Just 2d6. Come on. Dave. He. Oh no. David? Snake eyes. That, like, hey, like, that's everybody's <laughs> favorite G.I. Joe, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's a failure. That's gonna mark the uh, threat clock. Yeah, I think you you have the right idea here. You, you pull this disc off the back of the armor and you go to toss it, sailing through the air, uh, much like Gambit of the X Men, uh, <laughs> throwing his patented playing cards. Um, but you're no Remy LeBeau, and mm-hmm. it uh, goes a few feet forward and and sort of falls and bounces and skitters along the metal grating. It just like goes a foot and then like catches the air in such a way and just like flips and goes straight down into the ground. Yeah, but I, I do think it, it it bounces and rolls a little bit. It's it's uh, a distance away from you here. It's not right mm-hmm. at your feet kind of thing. It's it's off in the distance. Um, that's your that's your failure. Uh, the complication mm-hmm. that arises is that I believe one of the rescue agents also notices that you've done this, that you're trying to toss this disc. Uh, Clocks Nick and Juniper at the console, but more pressingly clocks that disc and makes a dash for it. Um, And he's got a head start on you here. 
Um, he doesn't have it yet, but he is moving towards it with intent. I think Elliot's going to shoot a person now. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. She sets her blaster to stun. It's yes. fine. Uh, absolutely. I, I will give you this. Um, it, it is entirely up to you how you want to play this. You can you can roll to shoot this person and negate the consequence that way. You can also just nope this consequence on Chester's behalf by... And, and the way you nope it is by shooting this person. It depends on, do you want to roll a d6 or do you want to mark trouble to ensure it gets done? Oh, yeah. I Love can it. nope it. I'll nope it. Why not? <laughs> nope. I, I think that's exactly how it plays out, though. So this person goes, still notices the disc, still clocks Nick, uh, goes running towards it. But Elliot's quick on the draw and and described to me this, this maneuver. Uh, I think it's like just out of the corner of her eye and she just flings her body around and zaps this guy. <laughs> Maybe it's even like mid smooch with Devani. Like you've, you've got her held yeah. close. And then as you open your eyes, you see this and you like spin her around and fire. <laughs> so you've got her in like a dip and you're shooting at this guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's exactly what happens. Uh, Amazing. Both I and Devani swoon. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think you, you um, blast this, this guy. Maybe it, we hit your arm earlier. You hit him in the arm. Once again, you said you set it to stun, so it's, it's you know you don't murder a dude, um, but you stop him in his tracks there, and he he clutches at his arm and sort of collapses. Uh, you've killed his momentum. That disc is still out and is is fair game for uh, for anyone to grab, step on, uh, sting with a giant scorpion tail, etc. Uh, but it is at the moment not in anyone's possession. Yeah, I think where we where I left Lake off was was her and her copies behind a, a computer panel, kind of catching their breath grateful she's not caught uh yeah i think uh lake is just gonna kick off her board and like use the the fact that she's got a hoverboard to be the first one there i know you described it as like a circular room i'm imagining a few levels and i'd love to just grind along uh like some like a two or three step railing between like computer panel levels oh yeah absolutely Um, yeah there's there's dividers around the uh the walkways and stuff you can you can find stuff to grind on i'm not gonna worry about that yeah, yeah, I think where this normally just like hoverboarding over to a thing and picking it up would be a relatively simple maneuver. The stakes here and the amount of chaos that you yourself have, have helped to create is going to necessitate a roll to get this done. Uh, I'm going to do that. I am going to try to look cool. I think she's <laughs> she just saw, you know, like I described Angus looking up on, uh, at the top of the thing, looking all hunky. Um, I think she's <laughs> also going to try to try to show off a little because uh, I also don't try to look cool very often. So. I'm going to roll for it. She she uh, sort of throws her legs over the computer console, puts her board underneath her feet as she does so, starts grinding towards it, and shouts out, Mine! Got it! And I'm just rolling one dice about it. hey that's a two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you grind along this rail, uh, getting closer and closer. You jump off and kind of flip your board under your feet and land on it perfectly. And you're skating by. You do that thing where you like crouch and your hand is sort of trailing uh, and you're closing in your, your feet away from it. Uh, mm-hmm. When a passing mm-hmm. rescue agent comes running by uh, and they don't even notice it, but they kick it and it goes skittering off in another direction and out of your path. Like you were, you were this close. You, your fingertips were about to close on it, um, and and there it goes. The complication here, I think, we we haven't heard from our friend the Ginorpian in a little bit too long, um, and I think that while it was temporarily subdued and pushed back, Chester bought everyone some time there. Uh, it's not going to wait forever, and I think another one of these claws comes uh, flying through the opening, and maybe Lake pauses at the point where where she doesn't grab the disc 
takes a second to reassess and try and find where it went. Uh, and that, that moment that you pause there is uh, is just the opportunity that the Genorpian needs. This claw is coming straight towards you, and we're going to give you the slam of pinched. Yeah, I think she's uh, she's going to nope it. Um, she ducks. Oh, oh, that was a close one. Oh, shit. And then just, like, sees the pandemonium and realizes she's she's taken herself out of that equation of, of hot potato. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the disc has now gone from Chester to the floor to almost like, but kicked and it skitters off into, into the crowd. Who's making a play for it next or who has another offer? I think I might want to try and get my mitts on this potato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Old potato mitts, they call you. Oh yeah. You know, you, you don't want to touch it with bare hands. That's bad. Bad etiquette. <laughs> I think Nick has been standing at this console and the drive portion that he's uncovered Actually comes out, it's like still connected into everything by wires, but he's holding it like a little box just in his hand, sort of pulled out from the panel. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it is sort of a, a, a backup, like it's, it's a, an archaic thing at this point. They've, they've mm. you know, Miper has invented the internet. You guys have mega friction powered processors. Everything has largely moved uh, online a lot earlier than it would have otherwise, but this is still hardwired in underneath. And should they need to run an update off of an archaic floppy disk, it's there. So you've just got it kind of held loosely pulled out from the from the machine. I love that. I think Nick is standing there with Juniper and he's got the uh, the drive bay in hand and without sort of looking over to her, he's just like, get ready to broadcast the file I put in. It'll just be a second. You ready? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I've circumvented most of the firewalls and... and I, I had to run a quick algorithm to, to get through some, some password locks, but I, I I should be ready to go when you are. She's still typing while <laughs> saying all of that. She she has not, her fingers have not stopped moving since you got her on this console. And uh, Nick just says, good, I'm ready now. And with that, he tosses the drive up into the air from his hand, and he goes uh-huh. from the standing position he was in down to his classic long lunge, and he's going to shout, <laughs> Negatana 7th form, extend! Quantum quick draw rebound. And with this, I am hoping to be able to teleport forward, grab the disc, teleport up, slice open the ceiling thing, teleport back down to catch the drive bay and oh slap God. the disc in. Uh, yeah, Jeez. that's that's going to need some kick yeah. for sure. I'm going to say there's three things you're trying to do there, so yeah. two kick to get it done. <laughs> I, I haven't really used any of the boosts from my devices at all, so I'm going to put th- three dice on that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll put three kick on it from that as well. Okay. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a dare to add a fourth kick just just for just because this is I'm asking a lot I know. <laughs> take a take a trouble from taking a dare and because I have double dare I'll also get another d6 so I'm rolling uh, five d6 with four kick. <laughs> oh, God damn. Five, once, five, oh, one. no. <laughs> yeah, let's get a Yahtzee. The big, big Yahtzee. Ooh, yeah. One six. All, all the rest are oh. ones. <laughs> <laughs> Holy are you serious? That's yes. not a Yahtzee, Michael. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, you do exactly as you described. You toss this drive up. Time slows not literally not not angus style but it you know to us the audience time slows down as you lunge forward 
uh, use your sword to slice through the fabric of space-time itself, teleport to exactly where the disc is. Maybe it's like right on the edge of the grating and it's like doing that thing where it's like, it's just like teetering, it's wobbling, like it's about to fall down into just a mess of, of uh, cables and, and gear and, and be completely lost to you. But it's, it's teetering there, you teleport forward, you get your hand around it, you teleport up into the air. Uh, I think this is where you're maybe like not quite where you need to be. Like you, you are, are trying to do a lot of things at once and you're just, you're you're almost to the point where you can slice through that ceiling. And that's where Angus up on top of this portal gate uh, throws a hand out and just gives you that little alley-oop, swings you up and gives you the extra momentum you need. Uh, you carve a perfect circle in the ceiling. It, it, the Negatana as always slides through effortlessly. And then, in a flash, you're back down on the ground. You thrust the disc upward as the drive falls down onto it, uh, and the little <laughs> light go, lights up green. That clears your progress track, and yeah, that 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 could have gone so bad if it had gone another way. But ah, uh, congratulations! Were you looking cool on that? I didn't say it. <laughs> I'm no what. I, he spent so many resources. Give it to the man. <laughs> I was going to say, I've done this for Lake before, and I, I don't want it to be like a favorites thing. This is another one of those situations where you can't help it. You looked cool, dude. There was no way that that didn't look cool. There's no possible way. So, yeah, absolutely. Mark your style for that. Nice. And I oh, think, baby. Uh, as the light lights up, he then just sets the drive down on the console. And, like, he knows Juniper's doing her work, but he just he stops and asks, Is it still an alley oop if you throw to yourself? Does that work? I don't know sports. <laughs> uh, with a, a few final keystrokes, uh, Juniper decisively pounds the enter key, and you see that dish light up and begin to glow. Because unlike you know real satellite dishes that would be sending out invisible radio waves or whatever, this one's a cool sci-fi satellite dish, and it glows when it activates. Yes, Angus, you're still up there. Do you do you dive off? Do you get out of the way at all, or are you are you hanging on? Uh, I, I, I ramp off of the dish mm-hmm. and Thenispar grinding around the fountain style. Uh, I start grinding around the room, uh, making faces at the rescue agents like catch me if you can. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I think in this moment after, uh, I, you know, the disc f- fails and like, uh, skips on the ground. Somebody else has to pick it up. And of mm-hmm. course it's all Nick that does it. Uh, teleporting around, get it, gets it to himself, puts it in there, kind of start solving all of this. I think Chester kind of realizes he's out of his armor. He did not actually put in the disc. He like sees Nick's capabilities, looks over at Juniper, and kind of like it sinks in super hard for Chester. That's like, oh. I'm out of my depth. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say to that except oof. That's, oh, that's... no. <laughs> oh, no. And it's in that moment that I think we're going to have to do uh, the last thing that we do in every big action scene that ends a run. We're going to need a disaster roll.
Hello, weird kids. It is your Slugmaster, your Game Blaster, your podcaster, here to thank you once again for listening. We are constantly thrilled that so many people care about our weird little adventures, and we love you all so much. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, leave us a positive rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever, really. Anywhere that'll let you. We are not picky. Uh, we are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, memes, audiograms, and more. I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who have just a ton of amazing, wonderful, locally made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the start of a brand new adventure on Wednesday, March 2nd. And I'd also like to remind you that you can subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews, outtakes, and we've just recently started adding uh, clips from Chester's Groove Station, which is Chester's canonical in-universe cassette tape radio show. They're fantastic, and uh, to give you a little taste of that, I'd actually like to throw it over to the Groove Station right now for some quick sponsored messages. Welcome back to Chester's Groove Station. That last song you heard was Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Um, I do apologize for the quality of recording because I did record it from the back of the theater as everybody was leaving and it was the best I could do. I, I now have some sponsors for the PCAST here and, um, uh, and I hope you support them like they support me. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no-obligations comparison by emailing Estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing that you're helping to give back to our communities with your utility bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. I, I don't really pay bills uh, for utilities, but you know what? It, that sounds pretty easy to me. And I, um, so it's getting Chester's seal of approval. And you should go uh, check that out. Uh, the other sponsor is uh, the Alberta Podcast Network. Um, they uh, have all sorts of podcasts from across Alberta, uh, and they share it there. And, and one podcast that I like uh, from there is something called Scam Time. It's with the hosts Karen Johnson Diamond and Stephanie Wolf. Uh, it is a true crime podcast about scams of all sorts, uh, both in the past and in the present, and it's just got some good tips so you can be on the lookout. Like, for instance, in the most recent episode, they were talking about this scam about, like, how scammers will, uh, like, call you and just like, hey, I, I, I kidnapped somebody really close to you, and you should give me a bunch of money. And, and uh, you know, it turns out, you know, they you you shouldn't fall for that. You know, may, these people might just be trying to uh, uh, trick you. So you got to be careful with that. Anyways, you can find out more by listening to Scam Time from the uh, Alberta Podcast Network. Um, 
It's it's a great show, and you know it's helped me. And and maybe next time Angus says, "Look that way," and then I turn around, and then he's putting a, a, a bug in my cola, and just like you ruined it. And I won't fall for that scam next time. Well, let's get back to the music. Um, up next, we have "Wake Up" by Rage Against the Machine. I I do apologize for the quality of this recording. Um, it I taped it. Off of uh, uh, off the TV as I was watching the VHS, and there's a little bit of talk at the beginning of it. Uh, so uh, please ignore that and enjoy this really great song. And then he's gonna fly away. Man, this is such a great movie. Graham, I'll be I'll be there. I just need to finish recording the song uh, for the PCAST. All right, so it is time for the disaster roll. Um, as always, you're rolling 1d6 for every two empty trouble boxes on your sheet. So the more trouble you marked, the less dice you get to roll and the higher chance that disaster may strike. Uh, let's get everyone to roll those dice and then we'll, uh, we'll see what plays out. There's that, that clack clack sound Ooh. I love to hear. All right, uh, who among the Weird Gravity crew rolled a six? Uh, was there any doubt? I got, I rolled three dice about it. Both, two of them were sixes. Amazing. Feeling uh, you are yeah. safe, Mark One style, uh, and yeah, you're, you avoid disaster completely. I, I didn't get two sixes, but I got one six. Uh, I gotta say, I'm really grateful for my ability walking disaster. You don't just flirt with disaster, you're dating it. You get plus 1d6 on disaster rolls, uh, because uh, I got only one six and everything else was uh, two or lower. Boy, oh boy. All right, so we got three safeties. Everyone uh, mark one style each. How about fours and fives? Oh, my babies. <laughs> no oh, close calls. Uh, so then that uh, that only leaves one to three. Yeah. I, ro- I rolled a two as my highest. A, th- a three as my highest. So yes, Nick has, has engaged this disc. Juniper's hit the enter key. The dish starts to glow. And you can tell that that whatever signal is being sent out here, the system is updating. It's reversing the uh, the process. And, uh, and you can tell that it's working because the portal gate underneath the dish starts to flicker. And you can only assume that all the other portals around town are doing the same as they begin to... Uh, to revert back to their closed state. But before it can close all the way, that Ginorpian uh, makes one last play. Maybe it can sense that this is this is the last opportunity it has. Maybe it can see the flicker and it lashes out with its tail one final time, not to sting or to strike. It does kind of a sweep of the room. Uh, and while some of you were lucky enough to dodge out of the way or just through sheer coincidence be out of the way i think uh elliot devani and chester are are caught in this sweep we're gonna jump forward in time a little bit here um we see a video posted to a MyPage account registered to a user named LB Dylan. The footage shows several young adults in bright pastel colors doing simple hoverboard tricks in an ashen wasteland. <laughs> After a moment, something catches the filmer's interest and the frame zooms into the horizon uh, where 
three figures can be seen approaching in the distance. Focus up, team, says a voice from off camera. Looks like someone out there needs our help. And to add insult to injury, not only have you been pulled into Calorium briefly, uh, you your way home is through being saved by none other than Lazy Bunny, who you last met oh. in Popularia. No. <laughs> oh, that stings. <laughs> oh. Uh. So there you go. You're going to each mark one doom, and and that is your <laughs> disaster. Uh, meanwhile, back in the uh, Drow facility, I think as soon as this portal gate powers down. There's this moment of just calm and stillness. There's this kind of eerie sense of like, it's over. They, it, we did it. It's, it's done. But that's short-lived as all at once, all of the rescue agents remember that they're supposed to be rounding up intruders. Um, and you guys need to make a break for it. You did roll high enough on your disaster roll there that you, you are able to escape there. Do we, do we all head up out through the hole in the roof? <laughs> oh, you tell me. Yeah. You're the only one who can get up there, so. <laughs> well, I was going to be like, hey, if Camry is able to, like, real grind and leave a hard light trail that we can follow up or something, I don't know. Oh, that's funny, and if it, like, recedes behind him just enough, like, he creates, like, a spiral staircase for us to take, but starts receding as the drow guys go to get on it. Yeah. And it's, there's just, like, this blue spiral of hard light goes up and out the thing, and we just corkscrew our way out and scramble. Yeah, in that case, let's catch up with the uh, the remaining crew members here on the roof of the drought facility. <laughs> a silver sliver of moon illuminates the scene, occasionally obscured by the silhouettes of a passing swarm of mutant moths. Out on the horizon, you can just see the last of the open portals begin to flicker and fade. No sooner has it disappeared and you begin to see fireworks go off, lighting up the sky in an explosion of color as people celebrate the disappearance of these extra-dimensional threats, finally feeling safe once again to ring in the new millennium. But up on the roof of the drought facility, the mood is far less joyful, as the crew takes stock of who made it out and who wasn't so lucky. Suddenly your M phones vibrate with a notification that you've been tagged in a post by Lazy Bunny. Your crewmates are safe after all. Other than their reputations, that is. Oh, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're okay, but oh, that's that's embarrassing. We're we're all gonna be eating that one. Elliot's probably crawling out of her skin. Well, at least she has the plausible deniability of not being in the crew. Or is she I don't know where we're at with that, but Oh, what a night. And she's just kind of like, it's all hitting Lake at once. Angus, that was so cool. Thank you for saving me from those those idiot drow guys just coming and slapping him. You looked, oh, you looked, you looked really cool, Angus. She like bites her lower <laughs> lip. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Uh, Angus actually looks a little bit distracted as he's like on the roof of this facility, seeing the mutant moths flying. And I don't know what other random monsters are like still skittering around Hillview. Um, but he says, uh, I think I need to go check on a thing. Like, right now. I need to make sure that, that everyone is safe. Oh, but I, I think we've done our, I think we've done our due diligence. Let the, let the fire department, you know, catch any errant spider plants. No, no, not when it comes to my brother and sister. I, okay. I gotta go. I All gotta right. go right now. Okay. okay. Uh, and Angus, uh, kicks off and uh, hoverboards away, jumping off the 
roof of the building, I guess. And, and <laughs> yeah, maybe he does his, his patented like uh, flickers in and out of reality, teleports down uh, to to minimize the momentum there. But away he goes into the night. Angus, we'll meet back up once the others are null side. You see his like arm wave uh, as he gets smaller and smaller and further and further away. Nick Juniper, subsonic sentinel. You, you guys, you guys crushed it. Th- thanks for thanks for showing up. You you all rocked it. You're all grade eight slug blasters. Uh, Jason, Kabir, and Scott, who who have totally been here this whole time doing really cool stuff <laughs> that we didn't talk about once for the entire episode. <laughs> they all high five and and sort of side hug and like. Uh, one of them's uh, got a big scorch mark, and he's like holding his arm in his hand, and and one of them uh, has a has a pincer slash red claw. Like they've, they've clearly been been through hell here and have their own stories to tell, but uh, we just didn't hear any of them here tonight. Uh, but they all kind of <laughs> high five and and do their thing. Um, and Juniper kind of looks to you, Nick, and is like, "Yeah, Nick, that was incredible. We I, I can't believe it. It was a, a secure trial facility, and we just walked right in like it was it was nothing. And and then and the, the, all those scientists were running around, but none of them spotted us. And we and I, I, I do you know how many firewalls I circumvented tonight? I I didn't know I could circumvent one firewall, and there were so many more than one firewall. And that's <laughs> Juniper, just... Juniper, you you're sounding like me here." <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I just, I've never done anything like this before, and I guess I've only ever seen the, the, the scary parts of, of slug blasting, the, the threats and the arborists and the and, and all the all the chaos and carnage, but I've, I've never been here for the part where it goes right and we save the day, and it's, it's a little bit exhilarating. Well, maybe now you understand a little bit of why we do it still. <laughs> Thank you so much for all of this. We, we couldn't have done any of it without having you here. I think she just she pulls you in for a big hug and it's just like I, I never would have done it if you hadn't trusted me to 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 come along. I just I and I think she gets a bit of a faraway look as she sort of realizes she's like, oh my god, Chester, I I hope he's okay. We we said that Lazy Bunny found them, right? They're 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 all right. Yeah, I I don't know how they'll find the trip back with them, but it seems like they're all together in one piece at least. Good, good, Chester. Chester always takes care of himself. It'll it'll be okay. Uh, here's the thing, Robin. I just realized, and maybe you just realized. Mm-hmm. I was outside. Uh, Chester was outside of his powered armor when oh, he was no. taken into Ooh. Calorium. Mm-hmm. So what I'll offer is this: much like any other negative consequence, um, yeah, we. We need to, it, it needs to mean something that you stepped out of your armor there. You made that choice to to leave your armor. Um, and I think it's it's going to take uh, something to get it back. Uh, but yeah, much like any other negative consequence, if you're willing to mark some trouble about it, if you, if you mark two trouble, you can essentially nope that consequence. And we can say that one of your crewmates was able to hit the button to backpack it and bring it along, or one of the copies of your crewmates, or maybe you yourself were able to to snag it just in time and bring it with you into Calorium. I'll let you choose how that plays out if you're if you're willing to spend the trouble to do it i'll I'll take the two uh i'll take the two trouble and then um (laughs) uh, i think uh nick he knows how the armor works because i mean like he's probably with his mark ii uh negatana he's probably studied my armor and how it like collapses in on itself right so I think maybe he's probably more familiar 
than I am, uh, almost with it. And uh, he jumps to it, he collapses it, and he takes it with him. Yeah, that makes total sense to mm. me. And I think uh, when you get it back from him, it will have that Y2K update installed and we'll be behaving normally. <laughs> <once again. laughs> right. This is the instance where I could finally properly install that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then with that, I think it's time that we head into the downtime portion of the game. has just kicked off the roof of the draft facility glitched out, glitched back in hoverboarding as hard as he can towards home probably even taps his heel Uh, it doesn't make him go faster but it helps him feel like he's getting there sooner and he gets to the front door of his house, brings time back to normal hoverboard under his arm he opens the door, steps into his house, assuming he doesn't see anything right away, if the house is dark, if the house is quiet, he would go check on Horace and check on Stacy and make sure they're okay. Yeah, I think you uh, you, you enter a quiet, darkened household and you make your way down the hall to your, your brother and sister's uh, I, I'm picturing them having a shared room because they're maybe younger kids. Totally. Um, yeah. You open the door cautiously, and I think something does catch your eye, uh, and you burst through and reach for your negaray, and that's when you realize that like it's with Devani and Calorium. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. You never did get it back, <laughs> but it's all right because as you as you burst in, you uh, you realize that it's just like a hoodie hanging on a closet door that cast a weird shadow, and it's everything's fine. There's no monsters, uh, and your siblings kind of like grumble and roll over, but no one wakes up. And and in that moment, you you feel that that wave of relief that like your family is okay, they're safe, uh, and you turn around uh, in the hallway to see your mom standing there. I think she's wearing a bathrobe and fuzzy slippers for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Angus? Uh. Angus! Yeah. <gasps> and, your, and your mom comes racing up to you and before you can really say too much, just scoops you into her arms. Angus, you, you're okay. I, I, I... You're okay, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Oh, Angus, Angus, uh, and uh, your mom uh, takes you by, you know, your forearm, and, like, it takes you to the kitchen, and, like, takes you to, uh, like, a stool there by the island and gets you to sit down. Okay, okay, I... Uh, and 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 she goes off uh, to the fridge, opens it up, grabs <laughs> like uh, a jug of milk, and goes off to the cupboard, pulls out your favorite cookies, and uh, opens it up, sets it down in front of you, uh, pours you a glass of milk, and sit as as well as herself sits down with you. Uh, th- these have been waiting for you because I've been waiting for you to to come back, uh, Angus. I, I wanted to say I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I I I kind of um, 
I, I kind of came down hard on you, and I, I've been a little bit too controlling on you, and uh, and I keep forgetting that you're becoming, um, you're growing up to be a, uh, a man that is going to be on his own and doesn't need his mom anymore, and I need to accept that, and I, I am so sorry that I was trying to take that away from you. Angus, I just want you to be okay. You've... <laughs> you've never been hard on me, Mom. Ever. Everything you've ever done has been trying to make sure I'm okay, and I'm not. And... I haven't been... for a really, really long time. And now I'm back, and you just want to keep making sure I'm okay, but but why? Like, why? I left. Because I love you. Because you're my son. You are, you, you matter a lot to me, Angus. But. I, I know you're but, hurting. I know that there's a lot going on. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to solve it, but uh, I want to help you there, Angus. What do you mean you don't know what it is? It's it's everything. It's it. It was the homeschooling. It was the uh, pretending everything was fine because you wanted everything to be okay so badly. You didn't want to know what was wrong. You just wanted it to be okay. The world is so hard out there, Angus, and I just wanted this place to be a nice, um, I wanted it to be a soft place for you. I just, I just don't get why. <laughs> I don't get, I don't get it. I don't get why you, why you keep giving me chance after chance after chance. I don't think I deserve that. And I left. Like, I left? Did you think I was a... What if I hadn't come... But I did, and you're the one who's saying you're sorry? Well, I... I, I I'm sorry that I created a place that you what thought you, you needed to run... Why are you saying you're sorry? I'm sorry, Mom. I'm so sorry. And she comes and she wraps you in her arms. And... Shh, shh, shh. It's, uh, Angus, I, I love you. Uh, Angus hugs his mom really tight, and he's just crying. I think that's where we leave that scene. Um, in this in this moment between Angus and his mom, finally finding a little bit of common ground. Um, what scene did we just see? Uh, that scene. Ooh, give me a moment. <laughs> uh, that scene was redemption. It was the final scene in the Trouble at Home arc. Spend for style. Who makes the first move towards forgiveness? What's changed? How will you treat each other differently now? Clear to doom. Mark one legacy. Gain a special. Nice. And what special is Angus gaining? Ooh, what a great question. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see. There are two specials left on my playbook. 
there's one that I really like, but based on what that scene was, I think I'm going to go with the other one. Uh, I'm going to go with Double Dare. When you take a dare, you get an extra 1d6 to the action. So, uh, I think this scene takes place, uh, and we've all left the, the rooftop. Um, Lake has, uh, returned to the Marsden residence after the events at the draw facility. Uh, Robin, what's the party look like? Like, how have all the adults dealt with this fallout now that everything's back online? Um, I think at this stage, uh, there's maybe, like, a couple of stragglers, but, like, for the most part, it's cleared out. I think... For a while there, everyone was very like, okay, we need to stick together. We need to, you know, safety in numbers. We're all good. And then as sort of you guys closed up the portals and things started returning to normal and and whatnot, news stations came back online and radio and whatnot. Um, I think slowly people started feeling safe to go home. So at this point, it's uh, it's that like weird, awkward stage at the very end of a party where like the party is decidedly over. But a couple of people are still like waiting on rides or are too inebriated to like take the hint and and have to be kind of like foisted out. So, yeah, I think I think we're in that moment uh, of the party as you arrive home. And there's like mutant moth shit all over the house. Yes. Right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, like uh, like the door is not only unlocked, it is partially open, you know, steps over the pile of boots, reality cannon in hand, hoverboard on her back. Right in the same doorway, she turned the lights off to deal with the moths. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's fair to say that uh, the host of the party, her mom, is still up and dealing with everything. So, yeah, I, I think your mom sees you come into the house, and for a moment, she steps forward and she she holds her arms out as if she's about to come up and give you a hug, um, but it's kind of obstructed by the cannon and the hoverboard. Uh, and her hands kind of drop to her sides. Yeah, I think the both physically and metaphorically, the reality canon is between us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Lake just goes, you know, I, I always kind of wondered how you got to Thenaspar for that doorways rally a couple months ago. I, I get it now. And I get why I wasn't allowed in the office. Lake, I explained to you then I needed to do that work so that something like like this she gestures around her to the house couldn't happen we need to know what this is about or we're all going to get hurt why can't you see that maybe you can't stop people from getting hurt maybe we live in a brave new world where dimensions are gonna open at random and and people are gonna invent absurd powerful technologies i mean it's it's the literally the dawn of a new millennium mom and (laughs) you're you're trying to control it with a real 20th century attitude i'm just trying to keep my family safe by having secret teleportation devices stashed away in the attic well that's why it was in the attic (laughs) I'm, I, f- I feel very lied to, and it's eating me up that we can't be honest with each other. And so 
Mom? In the name of honesty, this glitch that I told you happened when I portal hopped to the golden jungle, um, it, it wasn't going through a thin zone that did this. That day in the golden jungle, the reality cannon backfired, and I didn't want you to take away my cool Christmas present. So, just cards on the table, Mom, that... This glitch was from the reality cannon backfired, but it hasn't happened since, and I've had a lot of great experiences with this thing, and she, like, clutches it kind of tight. Her face doesn't change as you're talking, except for the fact that she is kind of biting her lip, and she takes a breath and says, well, thank you for being honest with me, like... I I only want honesty between us from from here on out. Regardless of what you think about what I do, regardless of what I think about your doorway's agenda, there's just none of this matters if we're going to lie to each other. So right. Yeah. So I guess I'll keep being a narc and a buzzkill and control you and make your life miserable and you can go hop through these portals that maybe didn't give you your glitch but who knows what they do and you can just keep playing with your toys that do give you a permanent glitch but we'll be honest with each other good fine sounds great to me yeah sounds just hunky Fudge and Dory. <laughs> and yeah, maybe this would have blown up into something bigger, but they're both just so tired and like so mad and like so wrong. They're both so wrong that it just, mm-hmm. yeah, it turns into a real like harumph and they turn and, and storm away from each other with like very little resolved other than this like almost bad faith agreement to be honest with each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that. That makes total sense to me because she's as furious with you as you are with her you've both caught each other in lies at this point where before it was it was like being self-conscious about her lies to her mom now she feels a little vindicated um and i think that that makes total sense that it ends in this sort of weird stalemate cold war a very loud <laughs> cold war between the two of you uh what what scene was that mechanically what did we just see well yeah it's good that it doesn't end resolved because uh this is uh the final warning scene which is two-fourths of the way to the redemption scene angus just had with his mom so <laughs> i still gotta i still got a last straw before i can get my redemption so absolutely yeah clear your trouble and mark one doom for that scene and uh her her thoughts move move to angus uh which is where i'd also like to tack on a little something here um uh, I'm going to do personal growth. I'm actually the only one who hasn't done it yet. Were you clear for style? Um, how are you changing? Who are you learning from? Gain a special from another playbook. She, she It felt really good, to be honest with her mom. It took a, took a lot of guts, you could say. Um, <laughs> she's, feeling, she's feeling mighty fearless. I am going to take the um, guts uh, ability. Fearless once per run, you ignore slams such as insecure, afraid, humiliated. As she, she messages Angus... Um, things went, well, I don't know how they went with my mom. How did, how did things go with yours? And, uh, are, are you coming back? 
I don't think you would get a text back. Okay. From Angus. Okay. But <laughs> I think later you hear mm-hmm. something tap on the window. <laughs> yeah, like a uh, uh, more like a, a single sharp tap, like the the, the sound of a, a pebble hitting your window. <laughs> um, she goes and looks in the window, looks down onto the ground. Uh, and Angus is standing there looking up, uh, sees you in the window, takes a few steps back, uh, does a little, like, run forward, glitch, uh, and then he's standing in front of you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a neat trick. Yeah. Um, hey. (laughs) Hey, what a what a what a night, huh? Really, and like the sun is almost coming up at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost daytime at this point. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd say anything else. I think he just he just lean in and kiss Lake. Um, yeah, I think they they share a tender kiss. They crawl into her bed, but I think giving everything that uh, happened, they just sort of fall asleep in each other's arms. I think emotionally and physically bushed yeah uh that there's no time to be like you know trying to get in each other's teenage pants or anything <laughs> it's like things that you're we're, sure, you know liam? perhaps hey liam, uh, hey, liam uh, you don't want to role play this right now liam hey liam you sure you sure you don't want to role play this liam? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're both too tired <laughs> they tenderly fall asleep in each other's arms as the dawn of a new century uh, uh breaks in through the window how wholesome <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this scene, I think, uh, maybe it's behind the bleachers. Maybe everyone has, it's the next day, and everyone has kind of gone home to to sleep off whatever New Year's shenanigans they got up to, which was a lot of monster fighting and or Mm -hmm. dealing with Lazy Bunny. Um, And I think Elliot's asked everyone to meet under the bleachers. Yeah, I think this has to be like an afternoon meeting because y'all spent all night fighting monsters and then slept all morning. So it's like a nice <laughs> nice 3 p.m. hang. Is it at least a, a sunny, sort of warm-ish January 1st in Alberta here? Or Yeah, I'll give you that. The The night was, was at its darkest, but but you've reached the dawn here. It's it's beautiful. The sun is shining. Uh, it's, it's the most gorgeous weather for a New Year's Day that Alberta is likely to ever see. So it's like minus 19. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thank, thank you, everybody, for coming. Uh, I know we had a, a busy night last night. Um, look, I'm, I'm sorry that I left. I, uh, I was frustrated I didn't know how to deal with the conflicts that we had, so I just ran away. But last night showed me that we can work together, and that we are a team, and that we do care about each other. And I mean, Chester and I had to deal with Lazy Bunny for an entire trip back through multiple dimensions, and that's a kind of bond that no one can break. (laughs) So I just thank you for supporting me with everything I did with the band, and... 
I'm just really glad you're all my friends. Of course. And I mean, you know, we're 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 young and full of spirit. They're they're not mutually exclusive. You you know, you can still be a rock star and a kick ass slug blaster. Well, contract with Miper, contract with your record label. Maybe maybe not. Maybe I I don't wanna. But I just I don't I don't want you to ever feel like we're holding you back from chasing your thing. It's 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 only leaving if you don't tell us and run away. Um, but whatever you choose to do, we support you. Thanks, Lake. That means a lot. I totally thought we were going to be chewed out about the whole Ginorpian thing here. I really didn't want to see you guys get sucked through that portal, but I was also focusing on, on there was the, the the disc and then the drive, and there was a lot going on. And I, Take I, I a really breath, really... Nick. <gasps> I'm glad to hear that you still want to be part of the team. <laughs> Angus holds up two fingers and says, two things. One, you got a problem, you tell us about it. Or at least you tell me about it. You don't have to be precious with my feelings. Two? Jet Collective. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll talk to them. I promise. Okay. Wait, what's all this about Jet Collective? I might be a little out of the loop. I, do, I, don't, I don't understand. Is there something existing going on with Jet Collective that I didn't hear about? Take the a breath, also crew and also, and also... <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't sleep much yesterday. I was I was trying to update Chester's armor once I got home. Um yeah, and I think in that moment Nick uh presents Chester with his uh his newly repaired and upgraded and and uh updated armor uh that is now 100% Y2K compliant as well as just like generally <laughs> tuned up and and he passes that back as the crew turns to Chester. I uh I reintegrated the update and uh I also taped the disc back on there at the end for you. I, I wasn't sure if you liked the design look of it. <laughs> and 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 Chester looks at the uh, you know once again it looks kind of like a metallic backpack when it's uh, not fully uh, out as armor, and he sees the the disc on the back taped on there that obviously does not match and does not actually do anything. And just like um, hey. Uh, you know, um, Graham Capone um, always says, trust is the catapult that launches the boulder of love through the wall of adversity. And <laughs> I have to be honest with y'all that I don't know if I can do this anymore. I, uh, you need to be able to trust me. I don't know if my if I'm the best person to be a part of weird gravity because I kind of messed up a lot and um I don't think I I I fit in here. You you folks have taken care of me and I and I know I've done some good things for for you in the past and I get that but I think for the the long term you need to be able to trust people that are capable and I don't know if I'm smart enough to be able to do the whole going through a bunch of dimensions and keeping track of everything I like I still have all these boils all over because of being calorium and Chester you think you need to be smart to slug blast do you think we don't trust you no, I... 
I just think that things are going to get more intense going forward and it might get more intense than what I can keep up with so um maybe uh, I I and he actually gets up and takes his armor and he doesn't know how to explain himself further and uh he heads off uh back towards his house uh, as Chester uh, walks away, Angus shakes his head, flicks his cigarette out on the ground, and says, Coward. Oof. Yeah, that's where we leave that scene. Uh, what did we just see there? Uh, I, I want to hear from uh, Elliot and Chester what that was, because I think we, we just saw a couple of scenes. Yeah, for Elliot, that was catharsis. Spend for style. Who helps you? What do you understand now you didn't before? What will you change? Clear two doom. Clear one fracture. Mark one legacy. Gain a special. Beautiful. Sick. So you've cleared that fracture on the crew tab. Yeah. And you guys are back to, to fractureless. Although maybe not for long. Uh, what's the special you unlock? I think I'm going to pick um guys. You can clear one trouble by introducing a new problem to the scene. The GM picks, but you can suggest things. <laughs> and then Chester, what, what was that scene for you? So I uh, tacked on quitting, clear up for trouble, because, hey, get let's get rid of that. <laughs> and I mark one doom, and I mark a fracture. Uh, yeah, what are we going to call this, this new fracture that, in classic weird gravity style, immediately takes the place <laughs> of the previous fracture? Keeping our revolving door of fractures going. Coward, I think, would make the most sense. Yeah, coward. Based on uh, yeah, what Angus said there. Nailed it. Yeah, coward. Absolutely. to spend some style on minor personal legacy uh, in which you clear three style a trick is named after you you make a spot famous your meme is forever a part of the lexicon etc mark one legacy how does your crew react uh and i think this one sort of takes uh takes place in the form of seeing nick's big moves at the end of the the sort of showdown in the drow lab in the big uh transdimensional agitator room uh i, I want to say that in the background, while all of that was happening, there's actually a little thing that was going on uh, for Subsonic Sentinel. Okay. I, I want to pitch that uh, <laughs> uh, Jason or Kabir were filming the other one doing something silly <laughs> in there, mm-hmm. and they managed to catch all of Nick's maneuvers in the background, like somehow perfectly well shot around, like not really framing Subsonic Sentinel in the actual video. Nick goes viral on Subsonic Sentinel's my page. That's poetry. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they oh, had the decency that. to tag weird gravity in it, just so like you could still track it around. But like it it happens on this video from Subsonic Sentinel. You see Nick pulling off all the teleporting moves where he he gets the 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 disc. He goes and cuts open the ceiling, pops it back in. All of that sort of loosely around, and you can hear Subsonic Sentinel trying to say stuff in the background. But you can very clearly end up seeing what all Nick does, and that goes huge on my page. <laughs> I, yeah. I, if I would offer, it might be something like along a meme setup where it's just uh, 
uh, Kabir's in the front and he happens to be sneezing at one point. He has like a weird contorted face. So he kind of looks kind of silly. And then in the background, you happen to be doing something awesome. So it's it's setting up that meme setup of like, you know, <laughs> me and my silly thing and, you know, the the, the guy she really oh, likes, yeah. you know. <laughs> very foreground, background meme. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know what it is? Is the the technology, like, has leapt ahead but still not fully caught up. And we've established this, right? Like, you guys have flip phones with modern internet. So they don't have like front facing selfie cameras necessarily, or at least not all of them. So it's it's him trying to point the camera backwards at himself, but he can't see the screen while he's doing it. And that's why so he's in a corner of the frame and it's mostly you the whole video. Oh, amazing. Yeah, you just get like the, the top quarter of his head with one eyeball and then the rest is framed perfectly for Nick. Oh, I love it. Uh, I want to say right now, I know how Angus is going to react. Uh, he's going to comment on the page. Um, so sad to have lost Nick to subsonic sentinel, uh, less than sign <laughs> slash three. And any, any time anyone brings it up with him, he's like, yeah, it's just such a shame that, that Nick's in subsonic sentinel now. It really breaks my heart, even though I imagine no one else supporting this rumor that he's trying to start. <laughs> how does the rest of the crew respond? We know how Angus responds. Well, Elliot thinks it's sick as hell. <laughs> yeah, that, that Lake Lake thinks it's very cool. That's great. That's that's the kind of traffic we need. That's why we're getting these sick offers. That's why that's why we're rear gravity. And does Chester reach out at all, or or is there radio silence? Chester sends a text that says, "You did great out there. That's a great job you did uh, ruining their thing. Good job." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael, did you want to do your in the lab as well? Sure. Yeah, I had one style left, so I'll I'll do a little in the lab. I'll clear that to roll a die for a component, and I got a five, which is your choice. Nice. I am actually going to snag uh, another lens. Uh, I already had quite a few components before, so now I have two gems and two lenses, uh, which I will spend to upgrade my Rift Ninja sneakers to have the ability Plane Haunt. Split yourself into two ghostly yous, each only half there. Each only half hurt by slams, noping costs one trouble, but also only half as powerful. Some actions may require kick. You share resources and feel what the other feels, so like, half the usual. <laughs> if one of you stays home to do chores, clear two trouble. Hey. Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. This takes place uh, a few days after the events of the run. I'm guessing it'll be the first day back at school post-winter break. Scottsdale is just finishing up uh, the last bit of a, of a, a, a lecture in history class. A classic thing where like the bell rings, but he's still kind of talking. <laughs> uh, and it slowly transitions mid-sentence from talking in the lecture to make sure you don't forget such and such for home. And I hope you had a good break or whatever. <laughs> uh, as, as students, I don't play Scottsdale. No, uh, as students go filing out of the classroom. Uh, and then I think he takes a moment, sort of looks back down at his desk, is gathering up his papers, because maybe he's got like a, a prep period after this. But as the footsteps echo off into the hallway, he actually hears another set of footsteps enter into the room. And he turns to look and doesn't actually see anyone in the doorway. 
uh, but he hears a voice from above him uh, and standing up on the roof is uh, is Nick. Scottsdale. Oh, you're on the roof. And you're on the ground. Most people are. <laughs> Fair point. Do you know what most people aren't? And Nick uh, detaches his anti-negative friction outsoles and drops down. Most people aren't secret employees for Drow. I never said anything about it being a secret. I I, I work for Drow openly. I'm a lab technician. I, I have It's weird to... that you do that and you're a teacher, Scottsdale. It's so weird. Teachers aren't supposed to have lives outside of school. <laughs> well, I apologize. <laughs> but the fact is, I, I've, I've worked at Drow for quite a while now, and, and I'm very passionate about the work they do, even if sometimes I have disagreements about their conduct and their ethics. I, I clearly tried to warn them about the the consequence of not updating the agitator, and, and that fell on somewhat deaf ears, but it, I've, I've been assured that now they're uh, they're doing a complete overhaul and, and retrofitting everything to, uh, to be compatible for the new millennium, so... Uh, I guess better late than never. Yeah, they should have a decent head start with the code that I uploaded already. But I, I do appreciate your help, Scottsdale. And oh, I, this is yours. Uh, Nick returns the ID badge. Um, you said you've been working with Draw for a while. Um, did you happen to work there about ten years ago? And I think he kind of like realizes in that moment and kind of softens a little bit, and he's like. It was a shame what happened. I'm, I'm very sorry. Your your father was very well liked by, by all of his co-workers. I I didn't know him well, but I. I'm thankful for, the little bit that I did know him. He he was well liked at home too. Shame for a lot of reasons. All of all of that research, all of, everything he was working on. He was. On the brink of some exciting stuff, I think, and. To have it all just cut short, it's, well, I, I don't need to tell you it's tragic. Do you know anything about Project Equinox? Hmm. Doesn't ring a bell. I, uh, I didn't work in the same department, so I I don't think I would have been privy to... If that's something your father was working on, it, it probably isn't something that concerned me, but... Why, why do you ask? I just... I need to learn more about what he was doing. I've... I've come across his old files, and I... I just need to be able to get in and understand. I think Scottsdale has a moment where he's looking sort of, uh... conflicted. Unsure of himself. And then he walks over to his desk and tears a uh, sheet of lined paper off a pad sitting there and, and scribbles something down on it. Uh, and he folds it neatly in half and passes it over to you. Uh, and when you open it up, the writing is just a long string of completely random looking numbers that make no sense and have no significance to you. Uh, it's like a 15 digit string of numbers that, that mean nothing. (laughs) Uh, and he looks Mm -hmm. at you and he says, it's the, uh, the override code with some of the drow devices. We, we, we set our own passwords up but uh in case an administrator or an overseer needs to to log in to to retrieve files or whatnot uh, there, there, there's a 
an override code to a, sort of a, a master password to get into the accounts. You could maybe try that. Wait, are you are you in like IT for Drow or? I've said too much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. This is, this is huge. Well, I, uh, like I say, your, your father was a good man. And after what happened the other night and he kind of like picks up the ID badge that you dutifully returned to him. And he's like, I think you're, uh, growing up to be a good man yourself, Mr. Lowe. Thanks, Scottsdale. Do we hug now? Is this the sort of time when people... <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I'm not a probably, hugger. I don't know not. when it's appropriate. I, I to... only hug two people in my life, and it's it's my mom and uncle. <laughs> <laughs> he awkwardly shakes your hand and then turns around and just kind of looks at the chalkboard, uh, but does it, it's like he's just waiting for you to leave the room because he doesn't know what else to do. <laughs> it's like the, the camera pans, and it's like a very thoughtful shot of Scottsdale looking and then it slides over a little bit. Nick is still standing there just like, um, okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I think over the course of the next week, each of you, in, uh, each member of the crew, including Chester, I think, gets uh, a letter in the mail from Miper, a small envelope. But when you open it up, there is no paper inside. It's just this small rectangular piece of metal, uh, this sort of flat rectangle, and a little business card uh, similar to the one that Nick received last time where it's like cool, shiny black on black, uh, and it just lists a time. It's, you know, Thursday, 6 p.m., and when Thursday at 6 p.m. rolls around, uh, each of you finds that this little rectangle, uh, a light on the surface begins to glow, uh, and it activates and begins to project outwards uh, and creates a sort of doorway rectangular-shaped portal, and you can see that it leads directly into the waiting room of Miper HQ. Uh, and I think that's where we catch up with our crew as one by one you each uh, step through your respective portals and enter into this waiting room. Uh, I'm assuming Chester doesn't meet up with the rest of them here, but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and otherwise, I just want to take a moment in the in the waiting room here for Weird Gravity to take stock of the situation. I, I don't think Chester uh, appears. He he gave his two weeks. Fair. <laughs> well, gang, um, we're we're here. We th- this is what we've been working towards. Um, I always envisioned all of us being here for this but um you know what this this is a huge opportunity and we we were we were right to not not pass up this meeting and and i'm really looking forward to whatever comes next for weird gravity um she says to three people in an empty chair your phones beep and you can see that each of you got a separate text from uh chester that says you guys are gonna do great (sighs) huh Uh, Anyone who's watching Angus, he deletes the message. Hmm. I mean, we're kind of in the belly of the beast here. Like, do we really want to be under the thumb of a giant corporation? Uh, Who knows what other sort of opportunities it might open up? Think of those invitations. Uh, A tiny business card sized piece of tech that that, that warped us all all the way from Alberta down to Silicon Valley? That's some kind of tech power. 
yeah, this is this is huge. This is like the company to give us all the coolest gear and stuff. Are you wait? Are you? And I think in this moment of uncertainty, where where everyone's trying to get a read on where everyone else is at, you get interrupted by the sound of someone clearing their throat. Uh, but when you look up, it's just one of those same floating silver orbs. Miss <laughs> 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 Voss will see you now. Uh, and it rotates 180 degrees and floats through a doorway into an office. Well, come on, gang, let's go. We at least have to hear them out. Cool. So I think as we go into the office here, I just want to take a pause to uh, sort of reiterate just what Miper's all about, because that might be relevant to decisions mm-hmm. you might be making here. Because mm-hmm. uh, they've sort of been in the background uh, since episode one, but we haven't really fully established what's going on with them. So to uh, to recap, uh, Miper is the company that invented the Nega Friction Coil, which is uh, was at the time a brand new way of generating nearly limitless amounts of energy. And not only did they develop it, they made the patent open source and allowed it to be integrated into a wide array of technology. That's the thing that's powering your souped-up cell phones, all of your signature devices, your and any of the, the high-tech elements of our alternate 1999, now year 2000. Miper and the Negafriction Coil have been a part of it. Their main industries are telecommunications and transportation. Uh, they're responsible for the, the M phones. That M is for Miper, uh, as well as the flying cars that uh, are not ubiquitous, but do exist in this world um, and kind of are, are the backbone of the uh, advanced internet that you guys have access to and, and all of that uh, streaming software and my page and whatnot. And uh, the final detail I'll give is that Tristan Voss is both the founder and still the CEO of Miper and is something of a celebrity in her own right. She's one of those uh, business people who has a bit of a, a following and a bit of a celebrity status. Uh, maybe one of the first ones in this in this timeline. So yeah, all of this is sort of running through your minds as you walk into the office and, and sitting behind a, a big uh, modern sleek looking desk is the person you've seen on, you know, magazine covers and in history books. Tristan Voss is sitting behind the desk. Says, well, uh, hmm, four out of five isn't bad, I guess. Uh, what what happened to your friend? He uh, he sends his regards, but was unable to attend. Oh, okay. Well, I uh, hope this isn't going to be an ongoing thing from him. He's uh, he's blowing up quite a bit. People can't get enough of uh, of Chester. His his uh, getting it over his head and throwing punches. He's in that videotape it, it's he's a big part of your appeal i i uh i hope this kind of behavior isn't going to be an ongoing problem but but let's not worry about that right now i've got got most of you here and i don't want to waste any of your time and you cannot afford to waste any of mine so i'll get right down to it miper is impressed with what you've been doing um we, we've seen your streams we've seen what you've been up to you've got a lot of heat you've, you're getting a lot of views and uh well it just a partnership between us at this point just makes sense. Yeah, we're uh, we're really excited by the opportunity. Right, gang? She like looks over. <laughs> the merch samples were really cool. Oh, did you like them? I'm so glad. I, I uh, yeah, we had our best people on it. I, I, I like the logo. It's, it's understated, but I think it's very you guys. Anyway, we can get into the details of it here. I don't, I, I don't like to do the thing where we all talk around the issue and pretend we mean one thing and. I, I just, I, I don't ever have to do that. I'm very rich, so I can kind of just say what I mean, and and people have to <laughs> deal with that. So, 
let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> obviously, you're going to get some exposure from this, a, a wider audience uh, than you currently have. You're going to have access to all of our connections, which means you're, you're going to be able to go farther and do more than you ever could before. Uh, technology uh, is somewhat our strong suit, so your, your gear will be suitably upgraded. I can't wait to, uh, to show you what we've got planned for that. Um, but I think more than anything, what we can offer you is, is some legitimacy. I've, I've looked into this, this slug blasting hobby. I try to keep my finger on the pulse with what's happening with our, our clientele. And I know that this whole field is in a state of, of transition right now. It's, it's still underground. It's still viewed as something that is, is inappropriate. And I think what we can offer you is, is legitimacy. We can allow you to do this above board. We can lend you the support of, of a major company and, and of, uh, of a team of innovators that will allow you to do this in a way that is, is more above board than you've ever been able to before. And then, um, what is it that you want from us? What do you mean? I mean, you're not going to give us all this stuff for free, right? That would be a bad business practice. I like that. I like you. Uh, and she kind of laughs to herself. Like, no, what we want is to be associated with the rising stars of slug blasting. Not in some overt way. We don't want our name plastered all over or matching jumpsuits or whatever those idiots over at Lazy Bunny are doing. That's, listen, <laughs> I've been doing this for long enough to know that there are certain things you can buy and there are certain things that you can't. And one thing you can't buy is trust. If we just throw a bunch of money at somebody and, and plaster our name all over everything, people will see through that. It'll take what you guys have, the appeal that you have, the, uh, the audience that you have, and it'll make them start to distrust you. We don't want that. We want, we want to be associated with weird gravity, and, and that's no good to us if you're seen as sellouts. So we want you to keep what you're doing what you're doing on a bigger level than you've ever been able to before. And we want the connection to Miper to be subtle, ever-present, but subtle. You can use our gear. You can maybe mention us from time to time. But in the end, we want, we want to keep that trust that you've earned with your audience. That's, that's what we're buying here. Hmm. Well, you know, the fact that this is all above board, I think, um, really helps with my... Uh issues with doorways uh and giving uh credibility and corporate appeal mass appeal to slug blasting is a real way to stick it to the the narcs and the the killjoys you know so i'd, I'd like to be a part of this she sort of looks at the rest of them i think tristan looks at you elliot again and is like oh and you're the one with that band right no matter how this shakes out we should talk anyway you guys are getting a lot of heat right now and we run multipalooza i i think we can make something happen there I mean, obviously, I want this to work, too, but, you know, I always like to have a couple irons in the fire. Yeah, you, you were worried there'd be, like, a, you know, conflict of, of contracts, Elliot, but this this could be good for Rear Gravity and Paw the Eight Woman. I suppose it could. Angus hasn't said anything yet, but he taps his toe on the floor. I mean, everything they have access to, the the, the chance at all, those upgrades and everything, I... I know we've got some pretty good gear, but I don't think it's... I, I could ever rig us up with anything that would come close to this. Besides, if I want to find out more, having more resources can't hurt. Yeah. 
I don't even know what you're talking about, but whatever it is, I guarantee we can help. <laughs> you make a uh, very convincing argument, Miss Voss. That's how I got where I am today. Listen, I can tell there's some apprehension here, some uncertainty, and if you guys are going to go into this, I want you to feel good about what you're doing. So why don't we give it a trial run, literally? Let's let's have you guys do a run with full Miper partnership, and if you enjoy the experience, we can keep it going. And if not, that'll be the last run we ever do. Even even that brief association will uh, will give us some of that heat we're looking for. So, what do you say? You said you cared about trust, right? Yeah, like I said, it's it's one of the few things we can't buy, no matter how hard I try. I also really like what you said about not wasting anybody's time. Chester's not in our crew. You want weird gravity? You're looking at him. Well, that does complicate things. Does it? Let's do the run. (laughs) And she kind of like makes a little note in her M phone and is like, no, no, this'll, this'll be okay. It's, um, that's unfortunate. Has he joined another crew or? (laughs) No, I think he's, uh, I think he's just. Dealing with some personal stuff. Um, I personally uh, haven't given up hope that he's going to be back, but uh, I, I think in the name of trust and honesty, Angus was right to tell you we we currently not part of the group. You haven't but given up. Fingers crossed. Any? Oh, this is like a whole thing of has he left or who's mad at who? It's it's like one of those big. Um, yeah, no, I want no part in this. You guys figure your stuff out and. And that's all fine. We'll we'll do the run either way, but but please don't involve me in any of the of the mess. The teenage drama. <laughs> don't get me wrong, it'll it'll play great for, for the crowd. Like people will eat it up. I, I honestly, if if anything, that just makes me more confident in this investment, but I don't I, I personally find it distasteful. Wow, I find everything you just said distasteful. <laughs> <laughs> well, alright then, huh? What's the run? But I don't think we find that out just yet. Tristan assures you all that Miper will be in touch with details and ends the meeting rather abruptly, explaining that she's both very busy and very rich, and as such, this will have to be all for today. As you head out through the door, you pass that same orb on its way into Tristan's office. You all make your way back through the portals, and as they close up one by one, the orb inquires how the meeting went. Promising, says Tristan. Sounds like there's some drama, but nothing we can't handle. Enough about that, though. Hit me with the sales reports. The orb dutifully rattles off some numbers, explaining that this quarter's sales are already shattering records as people scramble to upgrade their old phones in the wake of the New Year's debacle. Over on the corporate side, Drow and several other government-adjacent agencies are retrofitting their entire operations. It's honestly staggering, says the orb. I hate to sound crass, but that Y2K glitch might just be the best thing that's ever happened to us. And Tristan Voss leans back in her chair smiles ever so slightly to herself and says nothing. 